the drums. I could hear your voice singing. And you get busted when you're not singing, when you're just going like this. I look at you, like, oh, good to see everybody today. Thank you for making it out to our very first service of 2020. And believe in God for a great year, great things ahead. And again, I appreciate everyone that calls this congregation your home church. And we're going to believe God for great things in the future. Amen. If you have your Bible, it's going to turn to Matthew chapter 7. We're going to start reading in verse 7. Matthew 7, starting in verse 7. Some of you may remember in our old building, 82, only hung a mall. Um, everything was going great there, having a great time in the church there. And then, for some strange reason, this, this new church moved in next door. I'm not sure if they're a church or what they were. Um, but they, um, they moved in. And I'm, if some of you may remember that they loved to play rock music just as I started preaching. And they had their bass turned up very, very loud. And that, that, whole, that was a very small building. It was probably like, when, when you go back to the building, it looks so small. And we were like, man, this is massive. And then we go there, it's like, oh my goodness, it's like only the size of like this, right? And um, the, the walls would vibrate because the, the bass would be so loud. And so a number of times we went across next door and sent a few of the guys, can you go next door, just ask them to turn the bass down. So they went there, can you please turn your bass down a little bit? And they might say yes, but then they just keep it up the same. And so one Sunday morning, I was very annoyed. I had, whole, I had righteous anger. You know, you're allowed to have righteous anger, right? And so I went up to him, and, um, and I went across, and I said, you know, speak to your pastor. And they're like, oh, the apostle's over there. I was like, listen here, Fred. Um, you need to turn your bass down. It's very loud, disturbing our service. And he goes, hey, it's the youth. What can we do? It's the youth. I was like, what do you mean it's the youth? He goes, the youth, you know what they're like. I said, no, I don't know what they're like. What are they like? And he goes, well, it's the youth, and we can't, we've got to let them do what they want to do, and there's nothing we can do about it, so I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do. And I know he said, there's nothing you can do about it. He said that to me. I said, yes, there is. And so I said, okay, no worries. And so, but he forgot that, I'm, that I pray. And so I started to pray. I said, God, I work so hard through the week to write these sermons, and no one's listening because everyone's hearing the, the bass from next door. So I need you to do something, either kick them out, remove it, do whatever you need to do. And I started praying. The next Sunday, there was, no, there was no bass. There was no vibration. There was nothing. And I was like, oh, God answered our prayer. That was pretty salt. And so, and then these guys are walking around the front of our building, just going like this, looking inside, walking around the back. And after I'm like, is everything okay? They're like, yeah. Some, somebody stole our, our mixer and our speakers. <laughs> and I was like, that's what you get for telling me I have no power. I felt very powerful at that moment. Like I felt, I was like, oh, I'll pray that they come back. I won't pray for that at all. But I love that because there is power to our prayers. And the world could say, you could do nothing about it. Oh, yes, I can. But I'm going to do this. I don't care what you, what you do. Well, I can talk to someone who's in charge. And he's going to help me. Prayer is our weapon in every aspect of life. And I'm going to do a start a series this week. This is going to be uh, this next few weeks. I encourage next week, next Sunday, you're not going to want to miss next Sunday. Next Sunday, I'm telling you, everyone's getting saved next Sunday, so invite someone out. But I'm going to do a, a series titled Wisdom in a World of Chaos. Because there's chaos everywhere. People have lost their mind, they're doing stupid things. Can we say amen? And so the first step to gaining wisdom is through prayer. It's truly foolish not to pray, and if you don't pray, you will act a fool. And we don't really pity the fool here because you can pray. And there's no reason to act foolish. And so we're going to look at the Sermon on the Mount, one of the greatest sermons of all. And one of my goals for 2020 for our church is to inspire, teach, and lead the Onihunga Church to be a praying church, to be a praying people. And I, I think one of the reasons we don't pray is that many people just don't know how. 
but this morning I'm going to show you. I've got a great quote here by Lennon Ravenhill. And he says this. He says, No man is greater than his prayer life. The pastor who is not praying is playing. Have you know, How many churches have you gone to where they've actually got a prayer room? Have you noticed that many churches don't have prayer rooms? The Muslims have prayer rooms, but the churches don't have prayer rooms. Well, tell me one church that opens up their building in the mornings to, for people to pray. Tell me a church that opens up an hour before for people to come and pray. It doesn't really happen. The pastor who is not praying is playing. If the pastor's not praying, we're all in trouble. The people who are not praying are straying. We have many organizers, but few agonizers. Many players and payers, few prayers. Many singers, few clingers. Lots of pastors, few wrestlers. Many fears, few tears. Much fashion, little passion. I like that one. Many interferers, I like that one too. Few intercessors. Many riders, few fighters. Failing here, we fail everywhere. So for the first service of 2020, this, the start of this new decade for us, I want to preach about a people of prayer. Matthew 7, famous text. Let's read this from verse 7 to 11. The Bible says, Jesus says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. For what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish... He will give him a serpent. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more with your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Let's bow our heads and pray. God, we know we can do nothing without you, Lord, and we humbly come this morning in an attitude of prayer. God, I pray, give us not just a desire, God. Help us to pray even when we don't feel like praying because we know that we want you, God, Help us not just to pray because we want things, God. Teach us to pray because we want you, God. God, give us a desire for relationship over things. God, let us hunger and thirst for you, Lord. God, let us, let us have a desire to, to be intimately known by you. God, help us not to be religious, but actually have a relationship with you. I thank you for what you're going to do this morning, and I thank you for what you're going to do this year in our lives, in our marriages, in our families, in our workplaces, our suburbs, in our, in our church. We give you all the glory for what you're going to do in the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody says, amen. Let's look firstly at asking and receiving. And one thing you must grasp about life is very important, is that life is spiritual. Life is spiritual before life is physical. And if you're going to get anywhere in life, you must grasp this fact that life is dictated from the spiritual, not from the physical. And too many people, they neglect the spiritual and they try and change the physical. But that will never, ever work. Life is far more spiritual than we realize. And I think we'll only realize it once we get to heaven. But life isn't a random sequence of events. Life isn't, oh, this just happened randomly. No, 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 no. There was something happening in the spirit realm, and that's why it happened in the physical realm. I think a great example of this is Daniel. He's praying for God to answer his prayer uh, for deliverance. In Daniel 10, 12 to 13, and the angel said, Do not be afraid, Daniel. For the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God. 
your request was being heard in heaven. Now, that's a great scripture there. I could preach a whole, whole sermon just from that one. God answers our, hears our prayer straight away. He sends an answer nearly straight away, but there's an opposition. And he says, when you humbled yourself, God answered the prayer. And so he says, your request has been heard in heaven. I've come to answer your prayer. But, in, but for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. This is a deep text here. It says, I came to answer your prayer, but I had to deal with this demon that was fighting me for 21 days. So there is a spirit. This, the, the Bible here, it just gives us a glimpse, a little look through the window of what is happening in the spirit realm when we ask God to do things. And there are attacks from the enemy that are more spiritual than you realize. You think it's, it's that person. It is not that person. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers, against rules of the darkness. Life is spiritual. And you must fight spiritually. Because some people, they fight their whole life fighting a person and think, if I, get a, if I could defeat this person, then I'll be okay. No. Your battle is not with them. Your battle is with the devil. And we can't defeat the devil in our own strength, in our own abilities, in our own power. So what are we supposed to do? Pray. Because there is someone who knows how to defeat spiritual attacks. There is someone who actually can, who has the power to do it, and his name is Jesus Christ. There's a few omnis of God. There's, you know, omnipresent, omni- omnipotent, and, and omniscient. Did I say that one already? I don't know. There's three of them there. But omnipotent means all power. Omni, all. Omnipotent means power. All the power of the universe is in God. And he is omniscient, which means all the wisdom and all the knowledge of the universe is in God. So if you have needs, he has power. If you have problems... He has the answer. And the good thing is, he says, come to me. Come ask. Come, come to me. Everything in life revolves around our prayer life. Your ministry revolves around your prayer life. Your marriage revolves around your prayer life. Your job revolves around your prayer life. Everything. Oswald Chambers said, prayer does not prepare us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. Because some people, I need to pray so I can. No, 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 no. You need to pray so you can pray. You just need to pray. Jesus didn't teach us to worship. Jesus didn't teach us to preach. Some of you are like, I wish he did. I get it, that's fine. He didn't teach us to preach. He didn't teach us to sing. I wish he did. But he taught us to pray. There are things that life, in life we will only get if we pray. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Isn't this such a beautiful verse? Thoughts of peace not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. That's good news, that God wants that for us. But that plan can only be achieved through prayer. Because some people think, I'll just stop praying so I can get a bit of peace. Mm -mm 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 -mm. There is no peace outside the will of God. And he he is the prince of peace. He is the source. That's like saying, I'm going to go to the desert so I can have a drink. It doesn't make sense. So in our text, I love how Jesus likens prayer. He likens prayer to a family. He puts in a family perspective. Verse 9 says, Or what man is there among you? If a son asks for bread, you will give him a stone. Or if you ask for a fish, you will give him a serpent. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more would your father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? He goes, I'm giving something to my son. Now, as I is starting to learn a few words, 
And there's times he wants what he wants. He wants a strawberry. Like, we don't have strawberries. <laughs> so what am I going to do? Sometimes he wants water. And so there's never been a time, as I said, Daddy Water, that I've gone, I know what you need. And I went and got some 91 gas and said, here you go. That's exactly what you were after. It's never gone in my, my thinking ever. There's never times he's asked for some food or some, some bread or something, or some yoga is what he thinks. So I'm like, oh, here, here's some cat food. Enjoy this. This is going to be beautiful for you. That's it's never gone in my mind. It's because I'm his father and he's my son. And as soon as he wants something, I want to bless him in that. And we are God's people. We are his children. And you need to understand that because God wants to answer our prayer more than you want to pray. And there's times that we come before God, they're like, oh, please, God, if you've got some spare time. You need to understand our position in God. We are his children. Like, like we, the devil puts it in your mind that God doesn't hear your prayer, God doesn't see you, God doesn't think you're important. Well, tell him to look at the hands of God because the Bible says that our, our names are etched in his hands, in the palm of his hands, that his eye is always on us. He's the father that loves you the more than words can say. And he knows what you're going through. He knows the struggles that you have. And all he's saying here is, ask for help. Isaiah 4, 6, uh, Isaiah. As I go, <laughs> Hebrews 4, 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Why? So we can obtain favor and grace and help in time of need. You know, when Isaiah gets stuck with teaching him to say, help please. Because you just, ah, it's like, use your words. Help please. Sure. I think sometimes God tells that us too. We're going through life and like, ah, this and ah, that and all that. And God says, Use your words. <laughs> help, please. How many times have you had to pray and say, help, please? God, I need your help, please. And he will. You know, when I stand before you, when I preach, I stand before men. But when I pray, I stand before God. So what's more important? Whatever you do in life, you're standing before men. But when you pray, you're standing before God. And nothing can compare to that. So God wants you to ask things from him. Verse 7 and 8. Ask and it will be given to you for everyone who asks, receives. We can sometimes get into this religious mindset that believes God's going to do whatever he says and God's going to do whatever he wants and there's nothing I can do about it. And that's a very Calvinistic mindset which means God has decided already before the foundation of the world and there is nothing I can do to change God's plan. Well, those same people don't read their Bible. Right? Because in Genesis 18, God's going to destroy Sodom. And Abraham says to God, what if there's 50? Would you still, if there's 50 righteous, will you spare it? And God says, yes. But then he says, okay, what if there's 45? And he says, yes. He says, what if there's 40? He says, yes. 30? Yes. 20? Yes. If there's 10 righteous God, will you spare it? Yes. Can you see how his prayer is changing the will of God? And ultimately, he couldn't find anyone. He couldn't find ten. But God was willing to change his mind because one man prayed. One person prayed. Exodus 32, there's, we know the story of the golden calf. Moses is up on the mountain speaking to God. He comes down and everyone's worshipping a golden calf. And it's the same thing is true because they were worshipping money and sex. And that's the same thing today. What pulls most people out of church? Money and sex. And they're worshipping this and Moses cracks it. Moses breaks the, breaks the, the, um, 
the tablets of stone, which people are like, I can't believe you did that. Yeah, I probably would too, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, if I was angry, I was like, flipping, what can I do, all right? And so, but God's angry too. You know, we think it was only Moses. No, no, God is fuming. And God says, you know what, Moses? I'm going to kill all the Israelites. I'm going to start a new family with you. Whew. Imagine if you're Moses. I can be the head of the family. We don't need Father Abraham, Father Moses. I wouldn't mind. I reckon that sounds pretty good, God, because I'm sick of these jerks over here. I'm sick of dealing with them. It'll be fine. But Moses doesn't say that. Moses says, God, have mercy on your people. Have mercy, God. The Bible says God relented from his anger and he changed his decision because someone prayed. God spares people when you pray. And God wants you to ask. Asking is a powerful thing to God. God works through people. You have to understand this. God works through you and I. If you're here, you're a person. God is going to, wants to work through you. And when you pray, God works through Like he worked through Abraham when he prayed. He worked through Moses when he prayed. He worked through all the disciples when they prayed. And God wants to work through you. But if we do not pray, God's will cannot be done. James 4.2, yet you do not have because you do not ask. And God is constantly reminding us to pray, to ask Him, ask Him. He commands, sorry, excuse me, and He urges us to ask Him 25 times in the New Testament. The Bible says, ask God. Mark eleven twenty four. therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you will receive them and you will have them. James 1, 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. John 14, 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And this is the promise that we have from God. That you can go to God at any point and ask Him for help. And he says, I will help. But another, another layer to our prayer life is that we need to learn to ask for specific things, not just general prayers. Verse 9, what man is there among you? If his son asks for bread, we'll give him a stone. Now, his son asked for bread. He didn't ask for food. And he says, God, I want f bread. And he says, I'll give you bread. He's specific. The problem is sometimes when we pray, we pray very, very general. God, help me. God, move in my life. Heal me. Bless me. How? And to be honest, it's, it's our lazy prayers. Let's be honest, right? We've all prayed that. We've all done that. Because if that was all that was required, like, we could pray for the whole world. God, bless, touch, heal, protect the world. In Jesus' name, amen. And I have agonized before the Lord for the souls of men and women. That is not prayer. That's lazy prayer. That's religious prayer. Right? God says, ask me clearly. God wants us to take the time to ask for specifics. Prayer is the easiest thing we can do. Talk to God and he will, he will organize a thief to come next door and steal the base. And the, like, how good is that? It's the best story in the world. I'm going to write 2 Daniel and put that in straight away. But God wants you to ask for specific things. In Mark 10, blind Bartimaeus, his name is blind Bartimaeus. Everyone knows he's blind. And he says, God, son of David, have mercy on me. And you know what Jesus says? He doesn't say, all right, I'll heal your blindness. He says, what do you want? What do you want? And then he says, God, I'm blind. Can you heal my blindness? And God heals him. I think many times, like, God, have mercy. And God says, what do you want? Just have mercy. But what do you want? 
Tell God what you want. You think God doesn't know, but He wants you to vocalize what you want and ask God specific things. When you're praying for a job, ask for specific things. Whatever aspect of life, ask for specific things. I did this in Melbourne, praying for a job. And I said, God, I need a job that's in good lo- a good location. I need flexi, flexi time because I was an average director. And I need good pay because I need good pay, right? You know, there's one that's like, that's how it is. Okay. So I applied for a job at this a place called PowerCore. I didn't get the job because, anyway, I didn't get the job. But in the interview, I did some drawings. And so the drawing is here. Okay, think about this. The drawing, these are bigger. They're like A1, A2, those drawings. And so you put on the table and they're like, so what are the things that you need to put on a drawing? And the drawing's right in front of me. So all I did was looked at the drawing. Uh, you need your north point. Um, you need, and I just labeled everything on the drawing. They're like, yeah, it's very good. Wow, that's fantastic. And I was like, what the heck is going on here? So then they gave me a, a drafting job because they gave me the question because it was right in front of me. I've never drafted in my life. I've done like bits and pieces, but no course, no nothing. I ended up getting that drafting job. They asked me how much I wanted to get paid. I think I told you this story. I, I would have I've told you. Many times. I told them like 18, 17 grand more than I want. No, 20 grand more than I wanted. And they gave me 18 grand more. And they said, is that all right? And I said, I have to check. No, I didn't. I said, yeah, sure. But the hours were flexi time. It was 10 minutes from home, 10 minutes from church. And that's not a coincidence because I asked God. And God works miracles. God organized that other guy to take the job that I wanted so he can get me this other job that was better. God works. Again, praying for our first church building, I said, God, I need a church building. God, we need a church building. God, we need a church building. And then coming to, coming to this building, I, we, Beck and I have prayed for a long time. God, we want a building on Onihanga Mall. We, we were specific. There's not that many buildings on Onihanga Mall, like for a church. And we prayed. Is what, when we came here, they wanted 170,000. And I said, the Lord be with you. God bless you. you know? yeah. And in verses of time, God gave us this building. Why? Because we asked specifically. I've told you many times, Beck praying for a new house. She prayed all these specifics. I don't have the time to get into all of them because it was so long because she starts telling me, I want this and I want this, I want this, and I just sort of zoned out and I just said, yeah, okay, hon. Uh, but one of them was like, I want the windows facing north. <laughs> Who prays that? Who prays I want the windows facing north? I pray, let the windows close. I don't know. I don't pray for windows. Pray for a house. But everything got Beck prayed for, God answered. So what do you want God to do? He says, Ask. What, okay, what do you want God to do in our church? God bless our church. How? Well, give us young men and women on fire for God. Give us some families to be totally dedicated to you. Bless the finances of the church so we're able to buy a building, hopefully in Jesus' name. Amen, we're going to do this. Pray that we have the spirit of evangelism, discipleship, church planting. Raise up couples. Raise up men and women. Raise up people that will have compassion on the lost instead of selfishness in this selfish world. Have that we'll see people and care for them and have empathy. Pray that we have fruitfulness and fruit that remains and fruit that bears much fruit. There's so many things. Pray for our church. Pray for specifics. Psalm 2.8, ask of me and I will give you the nations. Why don't we have the nations? Maybe because we don't ask. Everyone who asks receives. Let's look secondly. I went way too long on that first point. Secondly, seeking and finding. Jesus said, seek and you will find. How many know life is filled with impossible situations or in situations that you have no idea what the answer is? Maybe not you, just me. And so people come to me with questions and I'm like, I don't know. We have questions like, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to them? Why is this happening to us? 
how do I handle this? How do I cope with this? What direction do I go in here? What decision do I make? What do I do in these situations? What do you do in those situations when you don't know what to do? And God gives us the answer. Seek God. Good news is that God knows the answer to all our questions. And when you're, when you're going through life and God, I don't know what's happening. Can I tell you something? God does. God knows. Revelations 2, it's the, the, the letters to the seven churches from Jesus. Every one of those letters starts with, I know. I know. I know. I know your persecution. I know your lukewarmness. I know that you have a reputation that you're alive, but you're dead. I know. I know. I know. Because Jesus knows everything. There is literally nothing God doesn't know. So when you have a problem, go to the one who knows. Stop going to everyone else who doesn't know. We go to people that we know don't know the answer, but we want to feel good because we spoke to someone. Speak to God. He's the Alpha and Omega. The word Alpha and Omega is the first letter and the last letter of the Greek alphabet. So he's the A to Z. That means he's everything. He's the first and the last. He's the beginning and the end. In Isaiah 46, it says, he knows the end from the beginning or declares the end from the beginning. A, people, a, lot, a lot of people talk smack afterwards. I, I knew that was going to happen. Well, well done, Sherlock. Everyone could see it now. How about you say something before? And here is God before. He knows what's going to happen. And so this is why you need to seek God because even when you don't know what to do, God does. God always knows what to do. And He will show us things that we don't know. I love Jeremiah 33.3. Call to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. The things you don't know, when you cry out to God, God tells you. God says, do this, do that. And God will tell us. Anybody ever been sick before and instead of going to the doctor, you went to Dr. Google? And you put in your symptom, you know, you've got a pimple on your neck, and you look it up, it's a tumor. I knew it was a tumor. That's it. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Like, that's it. It's over for me. And you go on Google and have all these problems, you know, you've got to chop off your ear and all. Why didn't we just go to the doctor? Right? No, no, I know what's going on. It's, it's hard. It's this. If we just went to the doctor, they know what they're doing. That's why they're called a doctor. And so you can go, and they've seen it a million times, and if you just go to them, they'll be able to tell you, it's just a pimple. Just take a pat it off, you'll be fine. They'll do it, and they'll, they can treat it correctly. They have the answer. So church, why do we go to all these other people that don't have the answer when we've got problems, instead of going to the one who does? He knows what's going on. He knows how to answer. So go to him. I don't know what to do. Ask God. Oh, I don't know. Well, <laughs> Fahi, I don't know one more time. I'm going to do something. I just ask God. This is why we have God on our side. We have the advantage all the time. We have God on our side for crying out loud. It's not a person or a place or a thing. We have the creator of the heavens and the earth on our side and we can ask him at any point, God, can you help me with this? The word seek means to attempt to learn something by careful investigation or searching to desire to have or experience something or to try and obtain something from someone. Seeking is asking plus acting, implying earnest pleading coupled with an active laboring to fulfill needs. When you ask something, you rearrange your priorities that you can search for what you desire until you find it. Can I just add to this very short? I'm not going to get into this very deep. The reason we don't ask God is because we don't want to know because we like our problem. You like what you're going through. I like being discouraged. 
There's, there's an addiction to it. I feel good when I'm like this. I feel good playing the victim. I feel good when people feel sorry for me. So I'm not going to ask God, because why should I go to God for? I like this. That's just a little detour. I feel God told me. Let's get right on back again. John 2, they run out, of, run out of wine for the wedding. And so they don't know. They don't go to the bottle shop. All right? They don't go to Thirsty Camel or whatever it's called here. I don't even know what they're called. All right, so, so like, what do we do? We go, do you have Thirsty Camel here? Do we have it here? It's in Melbourne. It's a bottle shop in Melbourne called Thirsty Camel. All right, that's Australia. I told you. Why would you go to Australia? So here it says, and so they, they need wine. And so what do they do? They go to Jesus. And Jesus says, go fill up some water pots. Go fill up some water pots. But that's not what we want. Go just, Mary says, just do what he says. Jesus knows how to turn water into wine. God knows how to turn your crises of life into blessing. God knows how to turn ordinary into richness, into blessing. Daniel 2.28, for there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets. I like that scripture. It gives me strength. Because people say, oh, we won't tell pastor. <laughs> I talk to God. And many times, not many, uh, yeah, many times, maybe 50%, times people come to me about something, God's already told me. Because I talk to God. You know, one of the blessings of our church is Lawrence. You know, if anything goes wrong in the church, the first call is Lawrence straight away. Like, we wouldn't be able to renovate this church if it wasn't for Lawrence. Like, it was such a blessing. It's like most of the tools in the tool room is all Lawrence's tools anyway. Like, I don't know how we got by. Like, Lawrence is such a blessing. Usually, when the problem comes up, ask Lawrence. Speak to Lawrence. Have you speak? And then if Lawrence, hey, can you just? I'm not sure how this is done. And then he fixes everything. And it's like it's such a blessing because he knows what he's doing. Listen, in life, God knows how to fix things. He knows how to fix it. You think you're the first person to go through that problem? You think God's never seen that in the 6,000 years of history? So he knows how to fix things. So just ask. In 2 Samuel 5, the Philistines are attacking David and the, kingdom and the children of Israel. And David does what we should do straight away. As soon as there's a battle, straight away he goes and prays. He doesn't know what to do. He prays to God. 2 Samuel 5, 19. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? Great, great question. And God gives the answer. Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Belperazim, and he defeated them there. Because he listened to God, God answered his prayer. He spoke to God. He said, God, help me. This is where you need to go. But can I add to this? The Philistines came back another time. And he sought God again. He didn't just say, oh yeah, I prayed about that once, so that's enough. Second Samuel 5.22, And the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord, and he said, You shall not go up. Instead, circle around them and come upon them in the mulberry trees. Same battle, different battle strategy. Listen to me, church. It's not enough that you sought God yesterday. But I prayed yesterday. I prayed for this issue last year. I prayed last week. You can't live off yesterday's victories. Praise God for those victories. But God's got a different battle plan now. And we need to seek Him so He can tell us what to do today. You can't live off yesterday's prayer life. You can't live off grandma's prayers. You can't live off your mom's prayers. You can't live off somebody else's prayers. Live off your own prayers. Seeking God is connected with faith. Hebrews 11.6 For without faith... Is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder for those who diligently seek him. I was praying 
about this and I said, God, why don't people pray? Why don't we pray? Why do the times I haven't prayed? And God told me very, very clearly, it's because they have no faith. They don't think it makes a difference. They think God doesn't make a difference. If I prayed today or if I did it, no difference. Yet that we saw in Daniel, right, how there's this war raging in the heavens. And every time we pray, we're getting stronger. Every time we don't, we're getting weaker. So I'll close with a couple of things. We must seek God like I prayed at the start. And this is what I really, the, the crux of this is, not just an answer to your prayer. You need to seek God because you want God. Not because you just want things from God. And when you have a relationship with God, then He wants to give you things. But listen, He's not Santa Claus that just once a year, God, give me this and this and this and this, and you don't talk to Him for the rest of the year. He wants relationship. I know there's been times personally, back in Footscray, that I went through seasons where I wasn't, I only went to God when things didn't work out right. He is Father God, and He desires relationship. Matthew 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. First thing you need to seek is a guide. Seek God first, God first, and then everything else is added. But the problem is we want everything else added, then I'll seek God. No, 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 no. Jeremiah 9, 23, 24. Thus says the law, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, the mighty man in his might, the rich man in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me. One thing I can glory about is that I know God. Do you know God? Do you know God? Do you understand God? Maybe you're here and you're like, I don't really know Him too well. I want to get closer. How do I, how do I seek God? Thank you for asking. What we're going to do for the next three weeks as a church we're going to be doing a three-week rolling fast. Three weeks of prayer and fasting. And fasting is one of the most powerful ways to get closer to God. And I'm telling you when, you, when you fast, when you push everything aside, say, God, I desire you more than food, something changes in the spirit realm. Jesus said some things only break through prayer and fasting. And so we're going to, we've got a sign-up list at the back there. And if you just sign your name to one day, if you could do it neatly, don't try and be cool and put your gangster name. It's okay. It's under the blood. It's all right. And just put your name down. I'm telling you, God's going to move in our church. This is not a Daniel fast. Don't, don't sign up and Daniel fast. Just, just try and fast. Because everyone wants the Daniel fast. No one wants to fast. Water. 24 hours. Water. And I'll tell you, the more you do it, the more, you, more the easier it gets. So some confidence as we close. God will tell us and guide us. You know, coming to New Zealand, coming to Auckland, we didn't, Beck and I didn't know anything. We didn't know where we were going to start. We didn't know how we were going to, things were going to work out. We didn't know anyone here. The pastor that was here, we didn't even know them. The first day, we're driving around, went up to the North Shore, went out uh, Howick. Did we go out west? I can't remember, Maybe. Anyway, we just started driving down Onihunga Mall and God spoke to me very clearly. This is where you need to be. Straight away. Because I've been seeking God for a long time beforehand. The first day we arrived, God told me, this Onihunga is where you're going to be. 
I knew that straight away. I was like, okay. That was, we, we came on a Monday night. We, let, we did the midnight. I had a men's discipleship in Footscray on Monday. I did the midnight flight. We got in Tuesday morning. And then Thursday, we went and saw the building, the first building we were in, but they, they were full. I was praying Friday morning. I said, God, I, I need a building. I was seeking God. And God says, just ask him again. But I already asked him. Just ask again. So I sent another email. And then on Monday, they called me. They says, that church that was there has, has just told us that they're moving out. So you can have the building in two weeks. I said, thank you. Because when you seek God, he tells you things you don't know. Because I could have never applied for that building. Hey, there's a church there. Oh, well, I can't do it. But God gives input and gives us direction. Pastor Nathan Bourne, the people that are starting a church in Odahu, arrived Friday. And um, he was only here for a few days, about a month ago. In that few days, he, he got a job. Um, he got his kids in, the, in a school. And um, his wife, Susie, his name is Nathan, his wife, Susie, was looking for a job. While they were in Sydney, the, what's the school back? Macaulay School, that's where the girls are going, um, found out that Susie was a teacher or a teacher's aide or something along those lines. And they sent her two job applications. They said, can you apply for these jobs? Maybe They, they, they didn't know what she's involved in. So they just heard. And they said, you're going to come here. Maybe you can try and uh, work for us or see, how, see if this will work for you. She applied for the jobs. She was so good above everybody else that they put, her, they put the two jobs together, merged them into one, and said, can you do both? But we need you to work five days. She goes, I don't want to do five days. I only want to do it Tuesday to Thursday. Say, so, okay, we'll get back to you. They come back to her. She's only doing Tuesday to Thursday. She's never applied for this job. She had no idea there was a job there. Yet we were praying, and God worked a miracle. Because God is in the miracle business. And so when we pray, when we seek God, no one could stand in our way. But what about this problem? I've got God. I speak to God. When I preach, I stand before men. When I pray, I stand before God. So where do you need help in? What area? In your marriage? Pray. Ask God in your marriage what areas you want him to help you in. In your ministry? In winning souls? In witnessing? In evangelism? In follow-up? In your discipleship? In your workplace? In your finances? In your people skills? Seek God. Ask God. The final one is knocking and opening. They don't have time. I'll maybe do that on Tuesday night at the prayer meeting. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray.